This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 192 of The Real Word. Word is up. We're going all around the world today. We've got a CNBC article in China. We're going back to the states in Florida. And then Nicole has an odd but interesting marketeer <laughs> of the week for everybody. All right. Uh, if you enjoy this content, please encourage you to share it and please consider subscribing on YouTube. Let's get into racket number one. Nicole, we're going global. China's going global. embattled developer, Evergrande, is on the brink of default. So here's what happened. This is the largest developer of real estate in all of China. And they are, if you read the article, they are involved in like every single business. I mean, this is a enormous company. They're involved in healthcare services, consumer products, video and television production, a theme park. They're, they're like involved in well, all kinds of different so industries. Well, what's so funny though, so I, I swear I've heard about this Evergrande, regardless of the company. Like, have you ever seen, like it's been on 60 Minutes, like 2020, there are these like cities that are built in China. Oh, they just did it. Show the Unoccupied. No, no, no. Show the clip of, of the one... From two weeks ago, Bobby, we'll 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 get the clip and and just show it right now. Like two or three weeks ago, they literally demolished fifteen high rises uh, that went vacant for eight years. It's just fifteen but high rises. Pe- but people and boom, own. Boom, but people boom. own. Like there's malls that are built. Like it's the craziest, weirdest shit ever. Like and people though own like the condos in these buildings in these cities that are completely empty. Well, in this case, in the article, the article talks about property owners who have bought it from Evergrande, from this developer, are protesting right now because they know that this developer is about to go under. And because of your point, they just they went oversupply all over China. And uh, Mark Williams, capital economics chief Asia economist, says Evergrande's collapse would be the biggest test that China's financial system has faced in years. Now they say in this article that they're too big to fail, meaning the government is going to step in. They compare this to the Lehman collapse, right? We, we all know what happened in the Lehman collapse Doesn't in this country, me. in, in yeah. America rather. And you know, after that, you had the, the whole entire uh, mortgage crisis got exposed. This is uh, you know, obviously, a real estate crisis different from a mortgage crisis. This is dealing with them having so much debt and really building ahead of schedule. They thought, you know, I don't know what they thought. You know, people were going to maybe start moving to China, moving from their well, country to China. They have so I, much supply. It's re- I know they have well, a huge population, obviously, yeah. but it, it's in, insane. I mean, certainly the last 18 months, I don't think anybody is going to choose to move to China. No, I think what was happening, though, too, leading up to this is that the Chinese were buying these units. So like they were living like like some of the Chinese like own multiple units that are built that, again, are still vacant. So it's like they kept building. I, I, none of it made sense to me. I, I don't even know. I, I'm actually surprised that it's been able to last this long because I swear to you this is this has been a, a topic of conversation since the Beijing Olympics like mm. it's I mean we've been I feel like I've heard about this forever so it's it's really no surprise it's in my mind no surprise but so the, the share price plunged nearly 80% so far this year I think it went down again this Monday of this week you know the global markets were were going crazy and a lot of it had to do with this uncertainty 
uh, with the Evergrande debt. They own more than 1,300 real estate projects in over 280 cities in China. Its property services management arm is involved in uh, nearly 2,800 projects across more than 310 cities in China. And I, I mentioned all the different industries they're in. Uh, the firm says it has 200,000 employees, but indirectly it creates more than 3.8 million jobs every single year. So uh, they are, you know, they're tentacles Clearly the government, stretch all the government over. was 100% supporting all of this too. Yeah. So yeah. here's who will be affected. The pool of affected parties will be banks, suppliers, the home buyers who, who are protesting and investors. In fact, investors went to the headquarters of Evergrande and they were putting up some type of protest right at headquarters here recent, recently. And so uh, if they have to repay this debt and right now home sales are falling rapidly and they're expected to continue to fall uh, in the fall season here that it would uh, lead to a situation of cross default where a default triggered in one situation may spread to other obligations leading to a uh, you know bigger problem. So uh, we'll see what happens. It, it'll be interesting to see, and the reason why we bring it up here, it'll be interesting to see what impact this could have in the states, right? Is there going to be, you know, if, if, if they don't get bailed out by the government, which it sounds like they're, they're probably going to get bailed out because they're so big, but if they don't and there is a huge collapse uh of the china economy does that impact the economy here which obviously then can trickle down into impacting housing and you know there's a lot of people saying hey well, there is going to be some type of global economic crisis if we're not already going through one uh that's bigger than anyone before right we're not here to to spread fear but you know if that happens in china there probably will be when it listen when the Lehman collapse, and they're comparing this to the Lehman collapse, and yeah. the we went through the mortgage crisis, everybody on the globe was impacted by that, not just America. For sure. So yeah. it, definitely something to, to think about. Well, it does say too here, because I know we mentioned, obviously, it's going to have an impact on the banks and the home buyers and investors. But again, they do bring up the fact that this will hurt suppliers too, because of all of the bills that aren't being paid. I mean, we're already in the middle of a supply crisis, so it will be interesting to see what happens if if they're unable to pay these debts to the suppliers that are already so far behind already in, in delivering goods. So good point. Good it'll point. be again, it'll be across the board completely, it sounds like. I believe there will be some supporting measures from the central government or even the central bank trying to bail out Evergrande. That's Dan Wong, an economist, uh, with the Hansang Bank. So uh there you go. They'll probably get bailed out. That'll have an impact on, you know, China in one way or another, of, of course, but uh, that is what's impacting the global stock markets right now. It's real estate related. It seems like a this developer is a huge racket if they don't get their act together. All right, racket number two, top Sarasota real estate agent. In fact, the number one the number real one. estate agent. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. 175 million in volume last year. Not a bad year. Sued in a 4.8 million transaction on Bird Key. So prominent Sarasota real estate agent, Robert Pentingel, Roger, what did I say, Robert? I, I don't know, but it-, it You're not it, even but you didn't, But you didn't say Roger, that's for sure. Roger, Roger Pentingel and Coldwell Banker have been sued over a $4.8 million transaction on Bird Key by both, listen to this, by both a potential 
buyer. So not the buyer that won the bid. Not the buyer a that potential won. buyer that was mm-hmm. in the bidding war. And the property seller. That's where I'm seeing like, uh-oh, you know, there are red lights flashing. The, the property seller is also suing if it was just a mad potential buyer. Right. But you've got the seller involved. This is according to the lawsuits filed in Broward County. So Barry Cohen, who is the buyer who lost out on the property, he accuses uh, Pentangel, the agent, of manipulating the sellers into choosing a buyer Pentangel also represented so that he received both sides of the commission, which was a $4.6 million sale plus 200000 of furniture, totaling the 4.8 number. Now, this buyer had an escalation clause all the way up to $5 million, so was beating this by 200000 Right. Says, in fact, that he would have gone up to 5.3, but I don't know why he just didn't make that offer. If, you know, but and he, says, he also w- said that he was going to remove an inspection clause. But he was, he was going to do this, going to do that, yeah. but he didn't do he any didn't. of that. Right. He submitted an offer that appears... According to you know this article that which um, is in the Herald Tribune, which we'll link, of course, it, it appears that his offer was five million, so two hundred thousand better. Now Pentingel says that the other offer, the winning offer, which he represented, dual agency, was cleaner. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it and it doesn't really get into exactly where the seller. Is it sounds like the seller and that buyer met and they well, you know, the, exchanged the, the, stories. The, well, the buyer actually was so upset that he lost the bid. He drove to the home, which is at that point he was like, "I'm willing to pay five point three million." And when we went to, to the, the home, seller, yeah, yeah, the the seller was at the house. So that That's at right. that point is when he met the seller. Mm-hmm. The seller said that the offer that they chose was the only one that was in writing. Um, the agent, his agent, had said that all of the others um, were verbal. The one that he accepted was the only one in writing. Um, and obviously, that's how now the seller is involved in this case as well. So Pentingel's been in business 35 years. He's never had a complaint or a lawsuit. So never never had an ethics complaint, which is, you know, a, a realtor thing. That, that's kind of just a you know, thing the realtor board yeah. came up with. And then the lawsuit, which money. is a real thing. Like, right. that's how you can really get yourself into some hot water. The, the It's interesting. The buyer said that filed the lawsuit said, he was going to do the ethics uh, complaint as well as the lawsuit. But then the more he learned about the eth- ethics complaint, he realized it was just a big racket and it was right. going to be a waste of his time. Yeah. And so and so he's just like, I'll just do the real thing and and file the lawsuit. So Pentagel never been sued, never had an ethics complaint. Thirty five years. Anybody can sue anybody. It's, it's actually I think that's pretty amazing. He's never been sued in thirty five years. Uh, obviously, anybody can file file a lawsuit. They're going to have to go through the court system and and see what shakes out. I, I think he's in some hot water. I agree. Uh, because the seller is also on this lawsuit. If it was an angry buyer, I think you'd be able, and the seller was saying, hey, I saw your offer. Right. Uh, the seller know, is not saying that at the all. The seller's not saying that they saw the offer. So nope. that's where things are going to get very difficult right. for the, Roger. The thing that's super interesting here is that the, the buyer, the potential buyer is, you know, is saying that this is a, a, a widespread danger, this dual agency situation, but he too was represented by a Coldwell Banker agent. So in my mind, they were both dual agency situations, but I do understand what he's saying because this individual was representing both parties directly, but yep. I feel like he does need to be a little easy with his wording there too. And they, they actually cited in the lawsuit that almost 30% of his transactions last year 
he represented both sides. Yeah. So, so that, that's a pretty Can big number. Can you imagine number. what's going to happen now? All those angry buyers are going to come out of the woodwork. Are all the agents that are super jealous of like how much he's achieving? Like, what's going to happen there? Well, Twenty-two of his transactions last year, he represented. He represented both sides, both which was twenty-nine point one percent of his deals. So, you know, dual agency gone wrong. This is why people. This is why there's bigger lawsuits in this country that talk about dual agency. People don't like it. In no other business across the country, we talked about this. Go check out the Real Word Confessional where we, we kind of get into this. But we're talking more about the how the commission is being paid with the uh, confessional we did with with the CEO of Planomatic. You can go check that out. But But this is along the same lines. In no other business does, when you're bringing a buyer and seller together, does someone represent both sides? Right. It's it's un, it's very unique. Obviously, agents get paid a lot more money when they represent both sides or keeping both sides of the commission. But there are reasons dual agency is illegal in a lot of states. This is the reason, right? I I, I think when everything shakes out with this whole commission thing, there's going to be massive changes to to dual agency. Uh, there's just been too many issues over the years. Now, some buyers want to go direct, right? right. They want to be because I think they're going to get the best deal. Yeah, yeah, or or they yeah they want to be unrepresented, or they just get into this dual agency situation where they're represented by both sides. Because to your point, they feel like they they have more uh, leverage on that agent to make a financial decision and potentially you know get some of these other offers off of the off of the table. What do you think, Nicole? I mean, just dual agency, you know, do you think it's never going away or, or do you think more issues like this will lead it to potentially? I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine it honestly going away, to hmm. be honest. I mean, think about how many times sellers are like, well, if you bring the buyer, will you reduce my commission too? So there's also so many steps in between where, I mean, obviously the, the, the seller in this situation is suing because obviously he didn't get that but we don't know in some situations where you know maybe your your deal was uh, the purchase price was less but did that agent cut their commission down by 1 2% which then obviously made the deal potentially uh larger for that seller so i i don't see it going away um again i obviously there's lots of disclosure now people have to sign are agents really disclosing and getting those things signed in the front end Probably, maybe not in some situations, but I don't know how it doesn't go away, especially like you said, with buyers wanting to deal directly with the selling listing agent. Um, I, I I don't, but there's been enough talk about it that there obviously will be some sort of, of shakeup, but I don't know that eliminating it is, is going to be the way, but hmm. I don't I know. Personally, I personally really never enjoyed too many dual agent transactions doing, doing both you mean doing you don't like doing both sides do i like the no, commission it, check no sure. no i don't saying, mean that i mean what yeah. what was your point like you don't enjoy yeah i don't them? enjoy it i don't enjoy okay. doing dual agent too, deals it, too much work it's too much work it is way more work yeah you know which is why you do keep both keeping sides. it because, well keeping it fair and and, yeah. and 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 ethical i guess is the better is the better word not fair um but yeah, I, no, like I agree with you my personal i like the idea of representing my side yeah. when you go when you go super neutral and and obviously you you you'll, 
um, fairness and everything to, to even when you're representing your side, you know, you, you've got to be ethical and all this kind of stuff. But I like really digging in and negotiating for one side. When you neutralize your ability to help educate the people that you're working with on the negotiation tactics, you can't do that. Even though the seller hired you first in a dual agency, you literally right. can't help can't. them negotiate. Right. It's it's just very – it's counterintuitive to the way I think. Agreed. And, uh, and so, yeah. th- you know, this will be, uh, you know, figured out in the courts – Roger, 35-year career, bad news for Roger. Um, if, I mean, the seller being involved seems like Roger could be a racket here. I'm sure he's a great guy, by the way. 35 years and top agent. Well, he's doing know. $175 million. I mean, he's, he's not- He's a he's great not, agent. Maybe he's not a great guy, but he's a great agent. But, you know- He's not doing something wrong. Um, you know, th- this one certainly has- uh, Feet. Feet? It has feet? It has feet, Yes. Yeah, it's got like question marks for legs sure. Legs, right? Legs has legs. It has legs. It's, it's that, running somewhere. The feet are attached to the legs. It has legs. Yeah, running into. Hey, how amazing would that be? Uh, a reality show. Kevin O'Leary from the Shark Tank is doing yep. this. Uh, this new show. Have you heard about this show? No, I didn't even know that you watched television, though. Where? Well, everybody knows the Shark Tank. I, mean, I understand, I mean, but you know, keep going. Shark Tank's fantastic. Yeah. He's doing a new show where a business dispute, mm-hmm. they come on the show. These two people are in this business, this, this lawsuit or whatever. Sort of like a Judge Judy type it's thing? It's like a Judge Judy for business disputes. And but he he's is the judge. The judge. Kevin oh, my Allure. God. How That's fantastic ridiculous. Is that? They should go Ugh. on that show. <laughs> that, that's coming out here, I think, this fall. So that, oh that'll be- Oh, my. They, anyway. they should do that. All real estate disputes should go on the Kevin- O'Leary show. That would be maybe we could start that show. You know? I, 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 you and I are not Kevin O'Leary though. No, he's no. he's been he's my favorite shark. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. No, yeah. All right, Nicole. Here's your hand selected marketeer of the week from Realtor Magazine. Ultra white paint could cool homes better than air conditioning. Explain that to me. Who and why is this? Knew? And why is this a marketeer? I think it. So for all those that don't have AC. So there's a scientist at Purdue that has created the whitest paint in the world. And their research published in April shows that the ultra white color could drastically reduce or even eventually eliminate the need for air conditioning. Come hmm. on. You could save tens of thousands, 20 of that, like tens of thousands of dollars. But so you would market selling. that. We're saving you money. 100%. If there's no if you air buy conditioning, yes, look, the, the hmm. white paint reflects 98% of the sunlight away from the building. It's even talking about painting a portion of your roof in this white paint and it wow. will eliminate. White, white yes, the, I mean, he, they may be onto something here, but I think it's fantastic. Hmm. I think it's certainly something to investigate, especially like me, like I'm never putting central air in my home. My rooms are way too small to begin with to start running ductwork in my dirty basement and my Mm. really small attic i mean this 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 would 100 percent be something that i would paint my what? house in order to market it for sure you said you wanted to paint your house white anyway i do want to paint my house but this hat this it is appears, the white house this is a it, it is it will be the white house um well, are you the gonna white, a sign call it the white house no for the white no the white family for the white family no the it's whites. not gonna be the white house that would be silly what does a white house sign even look like you like just make one you in know. my lawn or duh. like I'm you post- love the word the so you could go I love duh. The word that, but i'm posting House. it on my on like like under 
on the, on my I don't even have a mailbox. You could do one of those like <laughs> placards, you know, they describe oh, a town yeah, or something. The, 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 the white, white house family established established this, and then you could describe your your white paint. Your oh ultra my god, white that's paint. so funny! I already have a house on the side of my house because it was built. It's the high. It's what is it? I don't Mac the Henry Mac house, eighteen seventy five. So I already have a placard. So I guess I could do like a like a follow up. Yeah. A follow up underneath. Now, this white paint's not available, right? It's not being. It doesn't sound by like anyone? it's available yet. It's, okay. It still sounds like they're they're sort of looking into all of it. But I think it's fabulous. I I, I mm. love the idea of it. Okay. Um, I don't know that I'd ever paint my roof white, but um, no. I'm loving the idea of eliminating central air altogether. Right? I mean, this this guy, this scientist from Purdue. Yes, might be the biggest racket I've ever heard. Oh I mean, this my is, god! He might be. He might be the. Greatest marketer. I don't know. About, He's created about the whitest paint on record. Yeah, he he should get into sales. He should be a marketer selling mm-hmm. this kind of crap. I love it. This is unbelievable. He, I yeah, love he it. go do it. Who's your favorite? Uh, who do we use for paint? And who are we using for paint in the investment uh, property? What do you mean? Who are like? Oh, well, I'm what a, brand? I, I mean, I'm a Ben Moore lover. Ben I mean, Moore. He he yeah. should go sign a deal with Ben Moore. And- they should. You know, get, you know, market <laughs> the that, heck out of that. It could be what he's after. I mean, I feel like right now, Ben Moore is the only one that has paint. Sherwin's really far behind, but. Really? Oh, yeah. Again, What's talking you, about supply, I mean. You have a white paint. Are we going white in the, in the floor? Uh, we are going white. Yeah, I'm a super white lover. A super white. It's called super white. Mm-hmm. This is stark white. Uh, I Did they name it? Well, I it says know. the stark white paint works by reflecting that 98.1% of sunlight. white. Hmm, maybe that is it. Yeah, no, I I like super white. I'm a super white fan. I use it everywhere. It's all over our office too. It's mm. that's my go-to. Super white. All right, there you go. Marketeer of the week. Love to hear in your comments if that was just the biggest racket we've ever <laughs> done in our <laughs> It wasn't in the racket category, but it certainly seems like one. Well, we have three rackets, so uh there's yep. an extra racket for it. <laughs> but by the way, if you you know Th- thumbs up or, or thumbs down in the comments. Don't give us a thumbs down on YouTube. Never. Don't be like that appraiser episode where we had all kinds of thumbs downs. But you loved that. What are you talking I did. about? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed you it. That loved was fantastic. It. Yeah. Uh, but in the comments, so you for or against dual agency? What's your thoughts on dual agency? Love your feedback there. Love for you to consider subscribing to this podcast on YouTube and sharing it with somebody who could benefit from the information. We do this every single week, and we'll see you guys next week with more. See you guys. Keep it real. <laughs>